Amen. Chapter 12 and verse 24. These three boys right here is my amen section. I told them while the young the youngins were singing, I said, boys, there's your lessons. Would you just believe this? They told me they would give me two amens for five bucks. They wanted to charge me for the amen corner. Amen. I tell you, what do you think about that? All right. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He hath done for you. That's just one verse. Let's, see, let's read it together. Ready? Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things He had done for you. Heavenly Father, again, bless the reading of Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. We left last this thought of the greatest title of all. We looked at this thought of being a servant. We ended last the last time we were here Saying this, if you choose to be a genuine servant, you enter in, you're joining a very, very elite group of people. Genesis 26, 24, my servant Abraham. Numbers 12, 7, my servant Moses. Numbers 14, 24, my servant Caleb. 2 Samuel 7, 5. My servant, David. Uh, Romans 1, 1, Paul, a servant. Colossians, Epaphras, a servant. James 1, 1, James, a servant. And in 2 Peter 1, 1, Simon Peter, a servant. I don't find in the Word of God, it's interesting, I don't find in the Word of God where God ever talks about Great preaching. But he sure talks about servants an awful lot. It is not perhaps the greatest title there is in the Bible. The last time we were together, we looked at the inward qualities of a servant. Wholeheartedness, lovingly, humbly, and joyfully. The attitude of a servant is twofold. What he's supposed to be inward and what he's supposed to do outward. Don't miss this. Our outward service will never sustain itself very long without the inward qualities. Let me say that again. Our outward Service will never sustain itself very long without the inward qualities being in place. So after we've looked now at the inward qualities, tonight I want to look at the outward actions of those who have the inward qualities. Now, let me say this. I think there are those that have these 
inward qualities of a servant, and yet their, their physical body won't allow them to do the outward action they used to could do. I, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm, I'm more, the older I get, the more I'm aware I'm not 16 no more. I just look 16. I'm not 16 no more. And I, I can't do what I could do and when I was 20 or 25. How many understands that tonight? I can't do what I could do when I, were, when I was younger. But yet, they still serve God in the capacity that they can. And I just praise God for these people. They can't do what they used to could do, but they're still serving God in the, in some realm and some capacity. And I just thank God for that. But these outward qualities, these, the outward action that has to be birthed from the inward qualities, wholeheartedness, lovingly, humbly, and we, uh, the outward action that comes from the inward qualities. What's inside you works its way out in our actions. And um, now I'm probably going to surprise you. I'm not going to give you a list. I'm not going to give you a list like teaching a Sunday school class or clean a church or working the bus route or mowing the grass or, 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 or just picking up paper, whatever. I'm not going, I'm not, I don't have a list. I'm not going to give you a list because this outward action is what will keep you, if the inward qualities are in place, the outward action will keep you doing whatever. It won't make any difference. It will not make any difference if, uh, if you're teaching a class, working bus ministry. Uh, it, 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 won't, it won't make any difference. It's just a place God has given you to serve. And you'll get a, it, it'll renew your heart to serving in that area, whatever it is. It'll renew your heart to serve in that area if these outward actions are in place. First of all, an obedience, an obedience is expected. Now, there's three kinds of obedience. There's an obedience that's forced. You go to jail, they don't tell you what you're going to do. I love this. One young man said, I got so tired of my mom and dad telling me what to do. I joined the Marines. And, uh, and that was real smart, wasn't it? And uh, uh, an obedience can be forced. Uh, a lot of times, we're like the, the little kid. His mama spanked him and set him down in the corner. And he said, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. That's a forced obedience. I would put the, the, the fact of you obeying because, well, I have to. Uh, obeying because, well, that's, that's just my, 
my job. Uh, that's my job. I, I just have to. Uh, being obedient because the preacher will preach against it if I'm not. That type of obedience. That type of obedience just simply leads to a prison. Inward prison. Second, there's a vocal obedience. You obey, but you want to make sure everybody sees you. You obey. Uh, I love this. We used to have a fellow in our church. He said, boy, the Lord laid on my heart to give somebody $100, but he made sure everybody in the church knew it before he gave it. That's not an obedience. That's getting the, the pat on the back and, 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 uh, and the glory. No, the obedience that's expected is a focused obedience. Listen to what Luke 17, 7 says. But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle was saying to him by and by when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet. And will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I, I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he think that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. This is an obedience that says, I have the, I want to serve God wholeheartedly, lovingly, and humbly. So I'm going to obey, first of all, because it's right. Not because of how I feel. Please don't boo me out tonight. Please don't boo me out. I'm sure somebody will. I am thankful and God is worthy of every bit of praise me and you can muster up to give Him. But if your praise does not equate to obedience, you're just shouting about what you already know. Boy, that went over good. Everybody's excited. I went to a conference once. One of the greatest preachers. They're shouting all over the house. He got up and he said, is this a Bible conference? Are we going to shout about what we already know? He gave one of the most powerful truths. And those fellers went right over their head. They didn't even get it. Is that it was amazing. See, obedience. If your obedience is hooked to a feeling, how many of you how I I, I met a per, one time a fellow said, Boy, I bet you get out, out of bed every morning and shout, Praise God! It's another day. Huh? Some days I get up and say, oh Lord, it's a it's day. If your obedience is hooked to a feeling, 
then you're not going to be an obedient servant. How many of you wake up and oh, I can't wait to go to work. Glory, hurry, hurry, fix me, I got to go. How many of you do that? <laughs> How you about hurry? Don't you, hurry? you better hurry. You guys to, I'm moving, I'm going, I'm getting there. Cup of coffee out the door. Obedience, it performs its first out of duty. Psalm 12, uh, chapter, Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God said, if you've obeyed me, well, you're just, that's what you're supposed to do. How many parents say, now, pick up your toys. What do you expect to happen? The toys picked up. How many, I'll pick them up if you'll give me a dollar. Give you a dollar! No, you don't do that. Just like I don't pay for amens. Amen? We need to practice, boy. Amen? No. Obedience is just our duty. He said, and when you've done your duty, you're an unprofitable servant. You ain't done. What he's saying is, you've not done anything because you obeyed the master, you've not done anything that needs somebody patting you on the back. So, oh boy, I tell you what, ain't that wonderful? We, no, the, it, it's it's expected. It's a shame that God has to beg us to obey Him. Let me give you a little secret. He's not. It's expected. Obedience is the duty. In fact, he said, when you've done that, you're an unprofitable servant. He says, not only that, he said, but obedience takes some determination. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, we could change, we could turn our church upside down and fill every pew and have to build a bigger building if this group, this group would do just one thing. Put the same determination to serving God that you do your job, shopping, cell phones, your hobbies, we did, if we put the same, if we give our Lord, our Master, our God, the same determination, we give those things, why you never, you never say, well, I tell you, I don't feel too good today, so I'm not coming to work. But Lord will tell God that in a heartbeat. Well, I, I, we, we never, we never, we never, well, I don't know if they never. I did it once. Did it once. 
But we, we wouldn't go and say, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm, we're going on vacation on, on, uh, on Thursday, so I won't be at work on Friday. We're going to go. No, we'll tell God in the heartbeat that. He's your master. He's your God. If you're saved, and that's a big if. See, obedience takes some determination. Sometimes it's just hard. Say First Peter two eighteen, servants. Now I'm gonna show you when it gets tough. Oh my, this is a killer. Be subject to your masters with all fear. Okay. Cut and dry. Do what your boss man tells you to do. All right. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Uh oh. Don't you wish we could just leave that part out? The good and the gentle is them kind boss men, boss people. You love working for them. I worked for a man by the name of Mike Hunts. One of the finest men I ever worked for in my life. I mean, he's a fine man. But I worked for another fella. I'm not sure the devil's got a brother, but maybe he does. He's a hard man to work for. The Bible said, be subject to your masters with all fear. That word forward means unfair, perverse, wicked. I'm talking about no be. Wow, this is... I'm talking about obedience to God. Your master equates to a determination. We have to be determined. How in the world, how in God's name do we do that? Well, this is that second miler we find in Matthew 5.38. You have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek shall turn to him the other also. That means if somebody slaps you on the right side, say, okay, take aim right, right, right here. So how good a Christian are you? How good a Christian am I? I mean, just, just really. I mean, just get right down to where the rubber meets the road. God says, they slap you on the right side, turn the other cheek to them. Wow. Let's read on. And if any man will sue thee at the law, anybody sues you, then take away thy coat, Say, go deliver him your outer coat, the cloak also. Take that to him too. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain or two. In biblical days, if you seen a, if you missed somebody, you had a load of groceries, and they said, I need you to help me carry my load a mile. Under the law, you had to put down your eggs and bacon and all the stuff down, 
pick up their load and carry it one mile, come back and get your stuff and go on home. That was the law. Strange law, isn't it? But he says somebody compels thee to carry one mile, he says you carry an extra mile for them. So how are we doing? We're talking about a Christianity. We're talking about an obedience that branches out, that branches out of an inward action. Lovingly, wholeheartedly, humbly, we serve and worship our Lord God Almighty. He said the outward actions to that ought to be an obedience that's expected out of this. An obedience, that's our duty. An obedience that takes determination. How in the world do we do that? God, how do you want me to do it? I want you to do it enthusiastically. He not only wants me to obey, but He wants me to be excited about obeying. We're talking about a Christianity... Some of you are looking at me like a calf in the new gate. You never heard this. Truth is, real enthusiasm comes from the within. It's not something you can put on and fake very long. Bible says uh, enthusiasm makes obedience much more effective. <laughs> Here's why he's saying: Someone says, "I want you to carry my uh, a mile." It doesn't mean you throw your stuff down, you grumble, and you, now I pray you, sorry, get in. No, he said, lay your nuts, boy, I'm glad to do it. Pick it up and run and fudge. Hey, let's go another mile. Enthusiastically. Wow. Some of you are looking, you didn't know I could run, did you? Amen. I ain't dead. Obeying. Obeying. Obeying and allow God to give you a joy that brings a cheerfulness. Enthusiasm is contagious. You want to get excited? You want excitement? You get excited. You want excitement about God? Get excited about God. Well, it's, it's a contagious. Colossians 3.22 Servants obey in all things your master according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. The word hardly means with your soul. It means with all you got. Deuteronomy 6, 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Uh, Colossians 3, 20, Whatever you do, do it heartily. Enthusiasm. Obeying God. Obeying God is truly can bring you more joy than anything else in our Christian life 
if we get a hold of this thing and practice that. But it's hard when you're double-hearted, half-hearted. You're not whole-hearted. See, some of you are here tonight, but you're not here. How many understands that? You can be here, but you might be somewhere else. You're not here. Wholehearted. You don't serve wholeheartedly. You're not loving. You You don't serve lovingly. You serve, but it's mostly a complaint. And then you don't do it humbly. And if you're not humbly, you're very proud. And God hates pride. And the truth of the matter is, you're robbing yourself of God's great reward. You're robbing yourself. No, God's going to get some. God will find somebody. Understand this. Understand this. Every single one of us, including me, are just traveling through. The only thing that's permanent around here is God Himself. We're going, we come, we're going to leave the scene one of these days. We're all just transits. We're, we're passing through. There's nothing really permanent in your life. There's nothing really permanent in mind except for Jesus Christ. And He's the only thing that never changes. He never changes. And when we realize that we obey Him that's expected, then it's His desire to bless you with great reward. He wants to bless you. Oh, and it should be done for the love of the Master. If, if, you, if you don't do it because you love God, you will not do it very long. Men will fill the pulpit tonight and say, God, I got to go preach again. I, that's terrible. I was excited today and it's my privilege to preach. Not just for you, but because I love the Master. I love the Master. When you love the Master, then it makes all the difference. Oh, that's a good question. Just not just being real. I'm being real personal now. That's the question. Do you love the Master? Is He Master? No man can serve two masters. What's Master of your life? Then if that's if He's your Master, okay, what's He doing for you? What's He doing for you? How happy are you? Are you enthusiastic about it? What you doing? Do you love the Master? Then secondly, then secondly, not only we obey, obedience is expected, but faithfulness is required. Now, if all the inward qualities are in place, and the outward actions of obedience is that you want to obey the Lord, then forsaken not the assembling of ourselves together. By the way, which is a command. Which is a command. It's as much a command as thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. Somehow or another, we don't put that in the same box, but it's a command. Then forsaken not the assembling of ourselves together. 
will not be an issue. Because I love the Master and I'm going to obey Him. So I'm going to be in my place when I'm supposed to be. Because that's required. See, if obedience is right, then faithfulness simply follows. You don't fight to get to church. You don't, you don't wrestle. Lord, you're a miserable soul. If ever service you're asked, are we going to church? Are we going to church? Oh my goodness, you're a miserable soul. I've been there. Me and darling, I've been there. We've lived that. Praise God for the day we made a decision that, that wasn't what we that's not going to be what we're living. And I want a pastor. I was a lame member. I want a, I want a preacher. No, we made that long before I was ever a preacher. Many years. Praise God for the fact that faithfulness is required. Faithfulness is your responsibility. On your way home tonight, God forbid this doesn't happen. But you go around the curve and you meet a drunk driver. And the best you can do, you can't avoid it. And you hit. Hear the sirens. The broken glass, firemen, they come and pull you and your husband and your baby out and they rush them to the hospital. They take you and you realize, I'm okay. Boy, praise God, I'm okay. Then you start hunting your baby. They say, the baby seemed to take the biggest lick. It really hurt. We're doing all we can. Now I want to ask you a question. At that moment, when you call on God for help, do you want a faithful God? Or do you want an unfaithful God? Do you want God, when you call on Him, to help your baby, to help your wife, to help your husband, to help you? Do you want God to be faithful on His end? then would you please tell me when are we going to realize God deserves nothing less from me and from you? When He looks my way, He's looking for me to be faithful.
He's looking for me to be faithful. Dr. Haas, pastor of the largest independent Baptist church of the world. Largest Sunday school in the world at one time. But I heard him talk more and more times than I can count. The people that made a difference was an old man that walked in that class. He would teach till he was wringing wet. There was four boys in that class. Every week he said he'd come in there. He would pour his whole heart out to us. He said, I still remember that man. See, somewhere we got to realize obedience is expected. But there's no obedience apart from faithfulness. I was at the dollar store today and I was listening to the clerks talking there. And a woman said, Now, so and so supposed to be in this evening? Yes. He talked to me the first of the week. He wants more hours. She said, Now, if he wants more hours, he's got to be here. If he don't come here, you call me. And I was thinking, Wow, obedience is expected, then faithfulness should just... If he wants more hours, it should be a given. He should be right there. He should be there to do the job. See, we, we, we must realize this thing is... We're, we're, we're too much. Now listen, I really want to help you tonight. We're, we're too much. And okay, on my way, I'm going to do my thing. It's me, 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 my thing. Why would I, I don't care. You will care. When life ends. Because all you can do for God is what you're going to do right now. If you're going to be obedient, now's the time. If you're going to be faithful, now's the time. You'll never, you'll never dream. I was thinking about this the other day. David drives the bus. Michael and my day, these fellas, you'll never, you'll never know what it means to them little boys standing on the side of the road when you open them doors and they see you sitting behind that wheel. You'll never know that little boy saying, I'll do that one of these days. I'm going to do that. I, I think I can drive that bus one of these days. You never know. They may not tell you, but I'm telling you, telling you, faithfulness is required. It's our responsibility. Oh, the Bible says, moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It's rewarded. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father and His angels, and He shall reward every man according to His works. I, I know right now it's hard. Sometimes you think, man, I'm serving, watching this thing for me. Payday ain't showed up yet. It's going to, though. It's going to. Bible says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of the Lord. When these inward qualities, wholehearted love, humility, joyful, moves us to the outward actions of obedient in action, faithful, diligent in our duties. It really is just one word. It's a lost word in our culture. 
It's lost today in our marriages, in our homes, and in our jobs. To turn whenever this economy tanked, something was stole out of America that she's never gotten back again. Just really down, funnels down to just one word. Loyalty. Loyalty. This morning, I got up and I was thinking of this passage and I went to, to the conference and the man quoted it. 2 Samuel chapter 23. And David was then in a hold and the garrison of Philistines was then in Bethlehem. David sat on a stump and he said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of water at the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate. He said, boy, I'd like to, man, I'd like to have a drink of that water. And three mighty men broke through the host of the Philistines and drew out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out before the Lord. And he said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. You know what they did? They said, they heard the king say, boy, I'd like a drink of water. They all stood at attention and said, did you hear what the king wanted? There's no command. There's nobody said, you've got to go do that. That's not none of that. These men said, you know, the king wants a drink of water out of that well. Okay, let's go down there and get him a drink of water. So they went down against the whole army. They went down, got him a drink of water. You know why? Because they were at loyalty. Oh, there's nothing greater we need tonight than an old-fashioned loyalty to our Lord, our God, and our Savior. You know why? Because he's been loyal to us. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. He said he'd always be with you. He said he never would. What a loyalty. May we have that same loyalty this way. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you have a need tonight, would you please come quickly?